Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Hebrews chapter 5. We'll read verse 2 for our text. It is the last three words that are upon my spirit, compassed with infirmity. The whole verse reads, Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them? that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. Infirmity means physical or mental weakness. Compassed is surrounding, encircling, being surrounded and encircled with physical and mental weakness. And we may feel so, as we gather this morning, we may feel so, physically, mentally, and it surrounds us. We have it, loved ones have it, many around us. And this word, compass with infirmity, we may feel well describes us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the Gospel according to Matthew, we read in chapter 8, from verse 16, When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, And he cast out these spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Quoting from Isaiah 53 and verse 4. Our text is speaking of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It is speaking of him as our great High Priest. And it sets before us some of those qualifications of such a priest. Qualifications that include himself also compassed with infirmity. We want to look with the Lord's help, firstly, at the high priest taken from among men. This is uh, the high priest of the Old Testament, how that they were compassed with infirmity. But then secondly, our Lord Jesus Christ. We have him set forth in the previous chapter, Son of God, where we began our reading, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. And then lastly, the people of God, compassed with infirmity. But firstly, the high priest taken from among men. From verse 1 in chapter 5, 
for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. God saw fit when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt to establish a priesthood. The first priest was Aaron. Remember that Moses, because he felt that he could not speak well, was given Aaron as his mouthpiece. Moses was then to speak to Aaron and Aaron was to speak to the people. In one sense he was a mediator, but he was a high priest. And that priesthood which was chosen and established by God went through his sons, Eliezer, Phinehas, Abishma, and right through until the Solomon's temple was destroyed and the priesthood in that proper way was then disbanded. We read, of course, in Christ's day that there were the priests, the high priests, but really in reality it went through to Solomon's day. But all of those priests were types. They pointed to our Lord Jesus Christ. They were men, sinful men. And we are reminded of that with Aaron, who even was instrumental in the children of Israel making the golden calf. We see he was but a sinner and even reproved of God for what he did at that time. But we think of what is implied and what is the reason for a priest at all. The implication here is that Man has sinned, man has transgressed the law of God, he's broken the law of God, he has defiled himself. Adam and Eve, they were cast out of the garden of Eden. They no longer could have that communion and fellowship with God that they had enjoyed before. And he implies this, that God will no more permit man, sinful man, on his own just to approach unto God. In the Old Testament saints, they knew this, that no man could see God and live. They could not approach unto him in themselves. They need a high priest. They need one to represent themselves. And God was pleased to do this. He was pleased to provide a way that sinful men could approach unto God and it was through this priest, through a mediator, through one to appear in the presence of God for them. 
course, the Old Testament, it was the priest that then made the offerings. He was the one that approached uh, even right to the mercy seat into the holiest of all. The people were not permitted to go there, but he went there. And on his shoulders were these stones engraved with the names of the children of Israel and on his breastplate the stones as well with the the names of the tribes of Israel signifying that he was appearing in the holiest of all the presence of God for others as their representative as their priest a priest acting for another in the presence of God. It's very evident as well that this provision then encourages all that should come to God by this priest to so come and that they are welcome. We have in verse 16 in chapter chapter 4, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And this is because we have a high priest in in these gospel days, not just the time, but our Lord Jesus Christ. But here then we have the priest as set before us in the Old Testament, and in the passage here there are those qualifications for that priest and he had to be chosen by God as Aaron was remember they tried to usurp that office others wanted to be priests instead of Aaron and the way the Lord used to determine who they each had to put up their rods before the Lord and in the morning the rod that budded that was the one that was chosen by God, whose rod that was. And Aaron's rod not only budded, but it bore fruit, bore almonds, a miracle indeed, just a bud breaking forth. You wouldn't think such a miracle, but to actually come forth and have flowers and fruit, that which usually takes for months to take place, here we have done immediately. And that rod was to be laid up before the Lord as a reminder to those that would rebel, those that would rise up and pull Aaron from his position that he was chosen of God. If one is to be a high priest for God, a mediator between God and man, then he must be chosen and appointed by God and not just one that appoints himself. He must have that access unto God. And so the qualifications that are set before us here is that he be taken from among men, that he be like unto those that had sinned, that he be truly man, that qualification God had appointed that it should be so. A real man, 
and yet with authority to approach unto God. Also, he had to be able to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. The priests were given the provision of the lambs, of the bullocks, of those things that they were to offer. And that provision was made through Israel that they should bring their offerings to the priests to offer. There had to be an offering. There had to be the bloodshed. There had to be that which was done before they could approach. And of course the priests, because they were sinners in the types, in the wilderness, Aaron, they had to offer for themselves first and then for the people that just belonged to the time to those high priests. But then we have in verse 2, the word of our text, the requirement that this priest could have compassion on the ignorant. He could feel for them, feel sorry for them, heart moved after them, pitied them, have compassion on the ignorant, those that did not know, those that knew nothing of the things of God, those who didn't even know their own sinnership, those who didn't know what was required, those that made mistakes, those that knew nothing as they should know. This was one of his qualifications that he could have compassion. There are some that don't appear to have any compassion, any tolerance, any pity on those that are ignorant. And then is added to that, not only having compassion on the ignorant, but also on them that are out of the way. Those that are not in the way of holiness, those that are not in the Lord's way, those are in bypath ways, those who have left the right way. And this priest had to be able to feel for them, have compassion on them, be sorry for them. That was one of his qualifications. And then there was that he had to his experience as well infirmity himself. He was taken from among men, he was just like his brethren, therefore these things he knew himself. When he saw those that were ignorant, when he saw those out of the way, he knew that he himself was just the same. He remembered what kind of person he was. I doubt Aaron ever forgot what he had been left to do there at the mount with the golden calf and other occasions as well that proved him to be but a mere man 
but chosen to that office. And it is because he actually experienced that and felt that, that he was able to have compassion. He remembered what he was like. No, no doubt with all the people of God, the Lord uses this same way. We think of Peter and his fall and how after he was recovered he was to strengthen his brethren. But this was the qualification of the priest. And then as we have said that he was to be called of God as in verse 4 no man taketh this honour unto himself but he that is called of God as was Aaron and so we have this this office this position and the qualifications of it and the reason for it there was a reason there was an office and there were those that fulfilled it and it was the way God had chosen to allow poor sinful men to approach unto him to find mercy to have in verse 16 obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The picture of the priest himself in the Old Testament and of those he ministered to is not of perfection, is not of those who didn't need a priest because they were pure, holy, didn't have any infirmities. They could do well without. They needed a priest. God saw their need and he provided that need. On the people's part, and it's a good thing if we realise this, there is need for us to approach unto God. How many think, well, there is no God. There is no need to approach unto him. And yet really, in our nature, as formed and made in the image of God, man has an inbuilt thought, desire to approach unto a God. Those in Athens, Mars Hill, that altars to many gods and then to the unknown God just in case they missed one. Many people, even though they would say that they are not religious, yet at some time in their lives they are making expressions or saying that they are praying and yet they know not to whom. Some say that the presence of so many gods in the world is the reason why they don't believe in any god. But when you think 
that the world was created by the one and true and living God. And when sin enters into the world, then man goes his own way, chooses his own, own way, makes his own gods in utter foolishness out of trees and wood and things that cannot speak or hear. And even the children of Israel carried away with the Baal God. And we think that here is man with that desire after God and seeking after God. And yet he has turned away from the living and true God. And how in the word of God, our God sets before us how he is to be approached. He is to be approached. But how and what provision is made for us to approach unto God? May we be mindful of this. is not an option just to say, well, we can do without God. We will not approach unto him because one day when we die, we shall be brought to him. We shall stand before his judgment throne. And it is our blessing, our mercy, if here below, that we have sought him and sought to approach unto him in the way that he has appointed and provided. So may we be encouraged to approach, but let us not just think then of the Old Testament and of the priests that were only but times, but come to think of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Verse 14 of chapter 4, and this is our second point, Jesus, our great high priest. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We think of the qualifications that we mentioned that belong to the priests that were the times. And those things are so vital that should belong to the great anti-time, our Lord Jesus Christ. The priest was to be taken from among men. How vital it is that our Lord be made like unto his brethren, but sin accepted. We have in verse 15, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. No sin in the Lord, but a real man, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that are under the law. How vital it is that even the blasphemy, even the uh, speech of the Jews who said why this is Jesus, the son of Joseph, the carpenter's son, they viewed him as a man, a real man. They accused him of being a man making himself God. In truth, he was God who made himself man, Emmanuel, God with us. But it is vital that even their witness 
should reinforce that they viewed one who was made like unto his brethren, a real man, one that was then taken from among men. We read here that the priest must have gifts and sacrifices for sins, somewhat to offer. Our Lord Jesus Christ was to offer himself without spot to God. He was the offering. Never, ever had that been done and never would it have availed anything even if the priest had given his own body and his blood been shed. The Lord Jesus Christ is the true Lamb of God. John Baptist pointed him out so clearly at the beginning of his ministry, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He was the offerer, and he was the offering, and he was the high priest that was to offer this offering. So also we have the Father bearing witness, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The authority from heaven, the Jews asked him, who gave thee this authority and by what authority doest thou these things? Our Lord Jesus had the authority from heaven. The qualification here that should have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way. It could not escape us in reading the Gospels how our Lord so fulfilled this word. How many that he saw, the woman that had the spirit of infirmity 18 years bowed down, he had compassion on her and healed her, the man who was 38 years at the pool uh, with infirmity, and the Lord healed him. And all of those that thronged, that compassed him round about, in this sense, he was compassed with infirmity because he was compassed with the infirmity of the people. The people were infirm people round about him. They thronged him that were blind, that were maimed, that were sick, those that were coming to be healed of him and he healed them all. One great mark of our Lord's ministry was his compassion, his kindness. This was truly fulfilled as we read at the outset. He himself took our infirmities. But also he had that qualification of taking our sinless infirmities. We read that he was wearied by his journey, sat on the well. That was when the Samaritan woman came to him. He was asleep in the hinder part of the ship. We know that he was willingly, freely ignorant of things the knowledge that he had was given by his father and even concerning the end of the world. No, not any man, no, not the son, but the father only. Mystery to us. But our Lord 
taking on him infirmities and weaknesses, compassed with infirmity, in humbling himself, crucified through weakness. We have the picture here uh, in verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And of course that's going back to the type of Melchizedek in Genesis 14 that met Abraham after the slaughter of the kings. And Abraham gave him tithes of all and Melchizedek blessed Abraham. And in chapter 7 of this epistle to the Hebrews, uh, the Apostle describes very clearly the, the link between that Old Testament type and our Lord Jesus Christ. We won't go into that here, but it is a subject really on its own. But the beautiful uh, provision of our Lord Jesus Christ as our High Priest and one that is not needed for the whole, as he said, the whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. And it is especially this last part of our text that has been with me, compassed with infirmity. For he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And just the feeling of our Lord for those that have such infirmities. The part really of his suffering, we might think of the sufferings just on Calvary's tree, but those sufferings he had right through his life. And here he through the years of his ministry, we have this picture that we must not lose sight of. Now that the Lord is in heaven, the sacrifice is offered, he is ascended up into heaven, he appears in the presence of God for us, he is our advocate with the Father, he is the one that speaks for us to God appearing in the presence of God for us. And this is he, the same Jesus. We have in Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And I, I just, I really want to highlight the office of priest that was a type so vividly set forth in the Old Testament, so clearly 
a office the Lord Jesus Christ holds and the feeling, the real compassion that he has on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, compassed with infirmity we may feel to be, but our attention is drawn to the Lord. We are directed to him and to look unto him. Look unto me, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. When we think of this word compassed with infirmity, surrounded, encircled with infirmity, and we think of the word where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. We think of the Lord on the cross, the two thieves. And then we think of all of those, the Romans, the Jews round about. And our Lord saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And we have the qualification here, who can have compassion on the ignorant? They know not what they do. Even while he was suffering. And we have the picture of our Lord passed into the heavens, this same Jesus. What a wonderful, a beautiful provision we have for the people of God, the church of God, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, our great High Priest, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. What a word to those troubled, tossed, tried and tempted, tempted to cast everything away, tempted to give up. Let us hold fast our profession. We have a high priest, a great high priest. We want to think then lastly of the people of God. The people of God compassed with infirmity. You know, it's not always good for us to be looking inwardly, introspection. We are exhorted to examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith or not, but we're not always to be looking inwardly. But when we're encompassed with infirmity, then we cannot escape those things that come upon us and we feel our infirmities. As we get older, we feel our pains and our aches and our frailty and this frame being slowly taken down to the grave. In Ecclesiastes, the last chapter, we have a picture of the body slowly being taken down it cannot hear, it cannot chew, 
It cannot sing. It cannot hear singing. It cannot see. And these infirmities, they increase. In one sense, it's a mercy. They are warnings to us that this body is to be taken down. Put in the context of our text, it should make us more to think of our great high priest. As we get more weaknesses of body, weaknesses of mind, often both go together, sometimes not, sometimes in the younger, the weakness of the mind too. But as these things come, may it lead us to think of the Lord, to think that this is one of the qualifications of our Lord as the High Priest, that he can have compassion on us. And when we think of how it extends to our faith and those things that we see, in the book of Psalms we have the psalmist in Psalm 77 able to identify what was his infirmity. And in the first part of that psalm, he is troubled, he considers the days of old, He says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart. My spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favourable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercy, Selah? All these questions. You might have these questions. I might have these questions as well. And then he says this. This is my infirmity. This is my weakness. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I remember the works of the Lord Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. When we feel the same, when we're thinking God has cast us off, when we think that God has forgotten to be gracious and there's no mercy for us, then may we remember and think that this is our infirmity. This is not true. You have in Isaiah 49, Zion is saying, The Lord hath forgotten me. The Lord says in answer, Can a woman forget her sucking child, the fruit of her womb? Yea, she may forget, yet will I not forget thee. I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, thy walls are ever before me. And it is the complaint of the church, the people of God, so often. 
They feel low, they lose sight of the Lord, they're troubled by unbelief, their doubts and their fears. They have infirmities of mind, they have infirmities of body. But then we remember what the qualifications of this high priest, our Lord, is that he should have compassion, have compassion on those with infirmity. He is compassed with infirmity. Compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way. We think of Paul in Romans 8, that we know not how we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit maketh intercession for us. You know, this again is one of the infirmities of the people of God. They do not know. They struggle. They feel so often that they cannot pray. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. The Lord has said, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. The Lord with us by his Spirit. I pray the Father he will give you another Spirit. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. What's the work of the High Priest? Appear in the presence of God for us. Intercession. And here is the Spirit with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We think of the Apostle Paul with his thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians 12. And he besought the Lord three times that this messenger of Satan, this thorn in the flesh, might be taken away. And the Lord said unto him, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. The first thing he mentions not the necessities and persecutions or distresses for Christ's sake, but infirmities. And here is the word for the high priest, that which is the qualification of him, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity may we be really encouraged encouraged as in Hebrews 4.16 to come boldly unto the throne of grace to have an eye to this high priest to have recourse unto him to realise what provision God has provided for us not for those that 
have theological degrees, not for those that are in the way, but those that are ignorant, those that are out of the way. Our Lord rejoiced in spirit that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. And may we be encouraged to come to the Lord and seek his face, remembering this wonderful provision, this blessed office of our Lord Jesus Christ, our great high priest passed into the heavens. May the Lord have mercy on us, bless us through this word, compassed with infirmity. Amen.